Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Templey. sexual nature it should be for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people i do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show the facts we're retelling you were presented to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims my description of the crime scenes are what i saw with my own two eyes If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. I want to thank all you lifers for making us grow, sharing us, and promoting us, and liking, and subscribing, and doing all that great stuff. Y'all are amazing. I appreciate and love each and every one of you. Patreon members, thank you so much for your support. And uh, for those of y'all who are taking advantage of your yearly discount where you get two months off when you pay a year ahead of time, I really appreciate it. And don't forget you get your benefits right away. So... Oh, and local advertisers, love y'all. Thank you for the response, and we promise we're going to blow you up. And if you want to advertise with us anywhere in the state of Louisiana or your small business and you want to advertise the Real Life Real Crime, email Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I, at realliferealcrime.com, and we'll discuss our options. So today, I'm going to get started with a new, I don't know if it's going to be a series. It's definitely going to be an episode. It might go two parts, but that would be about it. This is a tough story, okay? I've told you all that in the past, and the subject matter, I mean, of course, this is true crime, right? But this is a tough one. Heed my warning, people, all right? And um, keep your eye on the prize, if you will, as you're hearing the details, because it's the ending, as in so many of these stories that I tell, it's the ending that's important, okay? So I'm going to name this episode Hook, 
I think I'll go with Hook. That's the easiest and the simplest to remember. I think it was 2004. I was working as a detective for the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. And I received a call from, actually I received a page from, from the radio rooms and tell them to give me a, for me to give them a 1021, which is a phone call. And I called them. It was like, it was early in the morning, probably say 9, 9.30, dead hot heat of summer. I'm talking about like uh, late July, hot, 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 bright, sunshiny day. And for whatever reason, I wasn't in the office yet. But I, mean, I, I called on the phone, and they got the dispatcher, and they said, look, we got a, we got a unit, a blue and white, out at a residence south of Denham Springs on a possible child rape or child molestation case, whatever. Not really sure, but they were requesting the detective. And I said, okay, 10-4. So I headed that away, right? And... I called the deputy that was on scene, and I knew who he was. Actually, the radio room told me who it was, and so I had his number on my phone, and I called him and said, what you got? He said, man, you're just going to have to come see. He said, I don't really know what to do with this one. He said, "It's it's I don't really, really just don't know what to do. And I said, all right, just hold on. I'll be there, right? So I ease down to the residence. I say residence. I pull up. It's a very secluded street with like a little bitty trailer park at the end of it. And y'all, when I say trailer park, I mean like one landowner owns this piece of land and he cuts out spots for people to either put their own trailers and pay a monthly fee on it or he has a usually very, very low-end trailers or old trailers or whatever, and they the, the landowner rents out all these trailers. But it's, it's a group of trailers together. And they, and you know, Livingston Parish has, has often been the butt of jokes about trailer parks and stuff like that. Well, it's not so much that way anymore, but that's how it was back then. There were, there were a lot of trail parks. And generally, we had a lot of trouble in the in these parks. Uh, but... That's not to say that the best people in the world didn't live in there also. Good salted earth people who were going through whatever financial cha- challenges. or That's just the way they lived. I, I don't know. But the, anyway, so this one wasn't a bad one. And I'd been there maybe once or twice over the years. But compared to the rest of them, it was like, you know, Beverly Hills, okay? Not the homes themselves, but I mean, crime-wise, it was the Beverly Hills. So I, I pull up. And I see the blue and white parked in front of a, this old small trailer, and the it's a gravel, y'all. It's gravel. The uh, trailer park was gravel. I remember that pulling in here, and the tires crunching on the gravel. And he's coming out to meet me, and I get out and I go around, and he said, "Look, bro." He said, "He said I got a case," and but I'm looking up past him over his right shoulder, and it's the little wooden steps. To, uh, the trailer would have been facing per- perpendicular away from me, and there was uh, two vehicles there, like an old red Chevy Geo, and I don't—I feel the white one might have been like a Malibu or something, but both older vehicles facing away from me. And up on the porch, I see two women, one older, one younger, and one of them's holding a baby. And so he comes up to me, and he says, "Man, I, I, you know, I don't know what's going on." I said, "Well, tell me what happened." He said, "Well, I got a call." This lady called in that her child, she thinks her child's been raped 
or molested a snake. And he said, you know, I did what you told me to do or what I've been trained to do. And when I arrived on the scene, I just take the base information and we call the detectives. Well, I'm going to explain that to you. Anytime uniform patrol or a law enforcement officer gets a call where a possible child has been abused or raped or molested, whatever it may be, they're not to ask the kids any kind of questions, okay? You simply show up, you take the initial information, and you call for a detective. And that's what he did. And the OCS, Office of Child Protective Services, that's up to me to con- you know, have the radio room call them. But he's, anyways, he said that the mama said she picked up the baby from the grandmother's the evening before when she got off of work. And when she got home, she noticed the baby was was walking and, and holding its uh, vagina area. And it was kind of walking funny. Now, I say baby. And that's one of the first things I asked him, how was the kid? And he said, like, uh, two, two and a half. He said, but the child has, like, developmental abilities. So what do you mean? He said, but, like, she really can't talk. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck. And... I mean, not that most two-year-olds can really talk, talk, right? He said, but she has, like, even worse than that. Uh, I mean, two-year-olds, my kids, when they were two-year-olds, they they wouldn't shut the hell up, but they'd jibber-jabber, right? But when they knew everything that they were saying, you just couldn't understand what the fuck they were saying, right? He said, but this one just really doesn't talk much at all, if anything. I was like, fuck, okay? So um, I said, what happened? She said, well, she asked the child, uh, you know, what happened to her. Of course, the child couldn't say, so she freaked out. Well, she she, um, she undressed the baby and looked at the vagina area, and it appeared to to be swollen, um, is, is what the mama said. And so she freaks out, and she calls her mom, and uh, who she just picked her up from, and the, the mom said, oh, it's nothing. I mean, she was with us all day. I, I didn't notice her doing anything funny, really. She took a nap, but, you know, until you came and picked her up. And she said, so just, you know, maybe she's got a diaper rash or whatever. Just call me in the morning. Well, she said she got up this morning, the mom, that being the mom, and that the the baby, you know, was noticeably uh, a little bit in pain, not crying all the time but noticeably in pain, so she called her mama back and told her, you need to come over. So the mom came over. The mom looks at the baby's vagina and was like, you need to call the cops. So here I was, right? So we go up and have them introduce me to the mom and the, who's holding this sweet, sweet, beautiful baby girl. And y'all, I'm not going to say names, and that's the reason I didn't say Trailer Park or whatever, because the name of the trailer park or the streets and all because I don't ever know what happened to this baby, all right? And, and hell, she may be alive for now. I don't know. But I'll never forget this story. I can tell you that. Anyway, so introduced to the mom. And I said, hey, I'm Detective Overton, Sheriff's Office. I understand you, you have some suspicions here, and I would like to talk to you. And the mom jumps in, like, automatically. Now, I'm say this. The, the mom, I think, was, like, in her probably mid-40s or something like that. And I think, I mean, I said the mom, the grandmother was in like her mid-40s, and the mom 
was young and, and like and maybe in her 20s, uh, 21, something like that. She was a young mother. And the, the grandmother starts jumping in right like, da, 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 you, know, you need to find out. And well, I, we, we don't know what happened. And I said, ma'am, you know, it's, okay. it's okay. Look, I'm not your enemy. Calm down. I'm on your side. This is what I do. Okay, we're going to get to the bottom of it. I said, well, you do me a favor and can, can you hold the baby and while I go inside and talk to the mom? And she said, yeah, yeah. And so we go inside the trailer, the mom and I do, and I sit down and, you know, I ask her her name and her date of birth. And, and I said, look, tell me what happened. And she, she repeated the same story. She said that she noticed when she picked the daughter, her daughter up from, from her grand, the grandmother's house, she was taking a nap at that time. So she picked her up, woke her up, brought her home. She gets home. She's normally running around and being the little terror that two-year-olds are. And she noticed that she wasn't doing that. She was kind of holding her her private area. And, you know, and it's, it was walking a little funny. And that's when she checked her and and, and saw the her vagina was like red. I said, okay, well, you can, can you define it to me? I said, was it bleeding? She said, no. It wasn't bleeding. I said, does she have any blood in her diaper or panties or, or whatever? And she said, she said no, but it's just like it was uh, really red and agitated. I said, okay, I understand that. And I said, you know, I have two daughters myself, and, you know, sometimes they would get diaper rash and stuff. She said, yeah, but this isn't a She said, this isn't a rash. I said, okay. And she said, you know, I called my mama. Mama told me the same thing. I was asking the same thing about you. And then she said, just called me in the morning. She said, well, this morning, I think it was a little bit worse. Uh, if anything, it was more it's like it's bruised. And uh, I was like, okay, well, you can just stop. I said, we're going to investigate it regardless. We're going to find out what happened. I said, but I need to ask you some questions. I said, who lives here with you? She said, nobody. She said, I'm divorced. Um... And I said, well, where's the baby's daddy? She said he's out of state, and, and he has nothing to do with her uh, other than he pays a little bit of child support. I said, okay. I said, there's nobody that lives here with you or has access to the baby. Y'all, what I'm starting to do now is, is work it from, even I don't know for sure what happened or anything, I'm starting to work it from a criminal, possible criminal case standpoint. And she said, no. And I said, well, can you tell me your daily routine with her? And she said, I wake up, I get her dressed, I take her to my mama's, I feed her, uh, feed her breakfast, take her to my mama's, and drop her off, and then I go to work. And then I get off work, and I pick her back up, and I bring her home, feed her supper, bathe her, and watch a little TV and go to bed. I said, so you don't have a boyfriend? And she said, no. I said, what about people in the trailer park here? Does anyone come over and visit with you on the reg? I mean, a regular. And she said, no. And, and she said, I don't do anything. She said, I keep to myself. I said, well, basically what I'm asking you is who has access to the baby other than you? And she said, nobody. I said, okay, what about at your mama's house? And she said, well, my mama is there, and 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 she kind of looked up for a second. She paused. She said, well, "My stepdad is there." She said, "He's not really like my stepdad. They haven't been married that long. My mama went through a rough patch, you know." She said, "It was just a bad time." And then she said, "But she met him a couple of years ago, and 
he took her in and you know they they're not like really married married she said but the, i guess you would call it common law or whatever so i said well he has access to you baby she said well yeah it's his his trailer you know my, my mom is living with him but they they've been they take care of her and i said well how long have they been taking care of her for and she said not that long she said i just got this new job in I said, well, what about over there? Do they have, like, a lot of friends over? Does your, does your daughter have other kids in the neighborhood she plays with? And she said, no, no, uh-uh. They watch, um, she watches, like, Barney and and videos, VHS tapes, y'all. That's how long ago this was, VCR tapes. Uh, she said she has a stack of VCR tapes she watches. They don't have cable TV they don't have a lot of money, but, you know, my mama babysits her, and I give her a few dollars every week. Yes, okay. And I said, so to your knowledge, nobody else comes over and hangs out or no other kids or whatever. She said, no, it's it's my mama and him. I said, well, tell me about him. She said, well, again, she said he's a lot older than mama. I said, I said what do you mean, like he's like 100? And, and your mama's in her 40s. And she said, no, he's like 20 years older. He's like 60 or maybe 70. I said, okay. And I said, have you, has your daughter ever said anything? And she said, no. And, and I said, the deputy outside was telling me maybe your daughter has some communication problems. Can you explain that to me? She said that her daughter was on the like an autism scale, but about speaking it, that they knew this far, right? She well, she wasn't developing normally speaking. And I said, well, can you define that to me? You know, better, and make it in layman's terms. She said, basically, she doesn't talk. And she, she said she'll do a lot of hand signals. I said, well, she's not mute, huh? She said, no, she's not mute. She said she's never really said a word word, but she can enunciate and make sounds. And, and sometimes she'll say a word, uh, uh, but she doesn't really. It's not a word that people can understand. I said, okay. So I said, did you ask your daughter what happened? And she said, well, certainly I did. Now, y'all, that's a problem. And every parent in the world would have done the exact same thing. The first thing you do if you think your child's been hurt or molested or raped or in some way you want to know who did it or what happened to your pee-pee and, and then, you know, what happened to your pee-pee, who did this to you. Well, that's a defense attorney's dream, okay? So even as a detective, you're trained. When you come out on a case like this, you do not ask the kids any questions, period, ever. And, and because the defense attorneys, and they have a ton of cases in the past where the law enforcement asks questions of the kids, and, and a lot of them can be considered leading questions, and it leads to the wrong suspect. In this case, that wasn't a problem, right? I mean, the baby didn't say anything. But she said, I asked her what happened, and she said she would just hold her vagina. And, you know, she said she didn't say anything. I said, all right. So I said, well, I'm going to talk to your mama, and and then I'm going to tell you what what we're going to go from here. I said, you did absolutely everything right. I said, but when when I give you your instructions later on, I'm going to be real clear about even though she's not able really to enunciate or anything else, I don't want you to ask your daughter anything else. She said, what do, you, what do you mean? I said, I'll explain it to you. Just let me go talk to your mom. I said, but I need you to get go outside and take the baby and send your mom in. 
So she did, and the mom comes in, and she sit down, and she's like you know, kind of pissy with me a little bit. Uh, and I said, look, and I said again, I said, I'm not your enemy. I said, I'm here. I do this for a living. I'm very good at what I do. I said, you love your grandbaby? Well, yeah, I love my grandbaby. I said, well, then I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I said, but I have some questions for you. And I said, I need you to tell me what happened. And she told me exactly the same thing the mom had said. And I said, do you know if your daughter has a boyfriend that comes over and stays? She said, absolutely not. All she does is work and take care of the baby. I said, all right. I said, you don't know of anybody that comes over and hangs out. I'm just reaffirming y'all what the daughter told me in case she's hiding, in case she knew that who it was that had done this to the baby, if anything had been done. The, but the mom reaffirmed it. She said, no. She said, that's the, that car she drives is, is my husband's car, and she's just got the job. We just started watching the baby a couple weeks ago. She does nothing. I'm telling you. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, now, so you, you and your husband are, have been watching the baby. She said, that's right. I said, does the baby have any friends come over? No. And, I mean, you know, I asked where she lived, and it was another trailer park, y'all. And then I said, so you, she said, the two-year-old didn't have or two-and-a-half-year-old didn't have any other kids come over and play. She said, no. And we, we watch tapes all day long. She plays with her blocks and stuff like that. She said she takes naps and, you know, I feed her. And she I said, well, what about your husband? I said, does he have any friends come over? And she stopped. She looked at me. I said, I said look, i got to ask these questions, right? I said, we don't even know if it, this. she just doesn't have some type of infection from a diaper rash. I said, we're going to find out. I said, but I want to get a little bit ahead of the game so we can, you know, get a game plan together. And she said, nobody comes over. My husband's like a recluse. And I said, well, is he really your husband? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, your daughter told me that y'all are like common law or something. She said, well, that's right. She said, well, we've been together for a couple of years. And he he took me in when I was having a bad time. We started dating, and then he took me in, and we've been together ever since. I said, okay, so you're together intimately as a couple. And she said, that's correct. And I said, well, can, I mean, your daughter told me your husband's older than you. And she said, yes, he's he's." I think she said like 19 years older than her, and he was 60-something. I said, okay, the, does he work? And she said, no, he's disabled. I said, okay, and the baby stays there. Nobody has access to it. And she said, no, I've already answered these questions. I said, okay, that's fine. We're good, right? I said, um, I said, go get your daughter, bring her back in, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen now. So she gets her daughter, brings her back in. I said, look, sit down, you know, on cases like this, I start talking to myself. On cases like this where we don't know what happened, I said the first thing we always, always do is get the baby to Children's Hospital in New Orleans. There's a doctor down there that specializes in examining children to see if they've had some type of trauma or sexual trauma or you know, whatever they, they, it's a, it's a, you know, full medical inspection, and the mom's kind of taking my said, Look, the, I, there's no way, there's nothing easy about this, okay? But you, I, I'm certainly not qualified to look at your daughter and say she's been abused or not abused or raped or maybe she fell and sat on something. I don't know. I said we're gonna hope for the best, 
And meanwhile, I'm going to do my job and prepare for the worst. I said, but I'm telling you what you've got to do. And if you don't do it, then then OCS is going to come in and take over this case, and they're going to get it done. The Office of Child Protective Services, she said, no, no, we'll do whatever we have to do. And, you know, it's my baby, and, and I love her. I said, well, good, but they're going to, you need to go to New Orleans. I'm going to call down there and t- tell them that y'all are coming. And she said, you mean today? I said, yeah, today. I mean, it's because there could be evidence if if your daughter was uh, raped or something like that, and on her vagina, she, there might be hairs, or there might be evidence. There might be trace evidence. Uh, there might be a semen or something. She said, and the mom's, you know, naturally upset. And she said, "Well, I gave her a bath last night." I said, "Doesn't matter." You know, I said, "Just, I'm just telling you, she has to go in for this examination." And she said, "Okay." And I said, "Mom, being the grandmother, I said you can go with her." She said, well, I can't if I have to. I said, well, you need to. I said, it's going to be a long day. you got to drive down New Orleans to the Children's Hospital, which is way down on the riverbank, right? It's no easy way to get to Children's Hospital in New Orleans, y'all. You can't just zip off the interstate and be there. It's a ways off the road. So it's about an hour and 45 minutes, I guess, from where we were. And I said, you're going to go down there. You're going to have to go to the appointment. It's going to be you know, a real uh, in-depth deal. It's going to be an all-day thing. I said, your daughter's going to need your emotional support. And she said, okay, I'll do whatever I have to do. I said, all right, that's, that's number one. I said, number two, y'all cannot, I do not ask her, even though she can't communicate or you think you can't, she can't communicate properly or whatever. Don't ask her any more questions. And the grandma said, well, what if she says? Uh, why are we going to New Orleans? I said, didn't y'all tell me she can't talk? She said, yeah, you're right. She said, I'm just thinking. And I said, well, just listen. You, you tell her you're going to see a doctor. I'm sure she's been to see a doctor before. And the mom said, yeah, she's had earaches. And I said, well, just, you know, if, if she was able to say why, you know, or you know, just tell her ahead of time, I'm going to see the doctor uh, to make sure you're okay. So I said, but you can't ask her anything. Do not ask her if, if by some miracle she starts speaking the Queen's English, right, and, and can tell you everything. Don't ask her any questions, okay? Uh, make notes and call me. And, and I said, because if this does get, end up being a criminal case, a defense attorney is going to try to make the person look at you know, look to be like a scapegoat and they said okay we get that I said secondly I'm gonna be I'm gonna schedule a CAC interview for tomorrow morning child advocacy center y'all and that is where you're gonna bring the baby to Livingston town of and uh, right there across the street from Hibernia Bank is, is a little office and they have forensic interviewers who bring the child into a room. I said, it's a non-threatening thing. It's a little playroom, and they take their time with them, et cetera. I said, but they don't ask any type of leading questions, but they're going to talk to them. Even, and even though you, your baby can't communicate really, they can you know do stuff with pictures or whatever, and they try to get some information as to what happened. If anything, the doctor might come back and say, your daughter has a bad case or whatever. But it, if it's a criminal case, then... We are going for this uh, child access center interview, and she needs to be forensically examined in that manner. And then I'll determine what we're going to do from an investigative standpoint from there. 
And they're like, okay. So I went outside and I called dispatch and told them to call uh, Children's Hospital. And I called CASA and the CAC and to set up this. Oh, actually, I called Tina to do that. And one of our secretaries told us that I need you to set up a CAC like 9 o'clock in the morning. You know, and told her the, the, the baby's name and all that. And then that's it, right? And, and, and I went back inside and told him I'll see you in the morning. If you have any problems, whatever, call me today. Oh, and I, this is a big one. I said, um, the mom being the grandmother, I said, can you stay with her tonight? Or I, I said, I don't want her going anywhere other than with the two of y'all. I said, for safety reasons, if this turns out to be a criminal case, we don't know who did what, right? I said, I'm the, certainly not accusing anybody or anything, anything like that. I said, but mom, can you spend the night here with her? And that way, a defense attorney can't say someone came in and did damage to her afterwards. She said, that's fine. I'll stay here, and we'll be in Livingston at 9 o'clock in the morning. Cool. Boom. Uh, you know, I see him off to the hospital, and I roll on about my day. Fast forward. Next morning, 9 o'clock, well, I mean, I was there early, like 8.45. It was right down the street out from the courthouse where a detective's office were, the old courthouse in Livingston. And I get there always early, and you walk in this little bitty tiny entryway, if you will, in the office where the interviewer is sitting behind the desk. Now, the interviewer, I believe it was Jennifer Thomas, and she was, she was, I love them all. Uh, they these are you know people who are trained and you know, whether they're psychologists, whatever. I, I don't know what what all degrees they have. But Jennifer, who's since went on and retired from that uh, that profession, but she and I worked some of the most monstrous cases in the history of the world together. I think it was her. But the anyway, that forensic interviewer be sitting behind the desk. I go in, you know, we BS a little bit, maybe have a cup of coffee or whatever. I tell them the facts of the case as to what I know. Now, what I found out was I did find out the evening before I, I got the doctor's report and the baby had definitely, definitely been sexually, uh, I can't say full rape, but in, in, the, in the state of Louisiana, rape is penetration no matter how slight of an orifice, whether it's your mouth or your anus or your vagina, but the doctor basically said that there there was extreme uh, bruising and the, a little bit of t- a little bit of tearing on the I guess you would call it the inner labia or whatever you know the the on the inner lips, but not there was the the inside walls the inside walls of the vagina were weren't all torn up like you'd expect to see a baby. Um, if it had been penetrated by a penis, right, or anything, the deeply penetrated, I guess you would say. But anyway, basically, the report said something happened and it wasn't good. Okay, but um, probably technically, rape by the little bit of, of of tearing, a little bit of tearing that there was, but then no, it wasn't a deep penetrated rape. Uh, but the bruising and stuff on the vagina and all was, you know, pretty severe. And of course, they were taking photographs of it, and the doctor notes everything. And and it was noted that it could have been it could have been from oral sex, right? Well, it's, you know, it's not sex, oral rape on the baby. Like if somebody was really being forceful with their mouth, this what the doctor said. If somebody was really being forceful with their mouth on the baby's vagina, and 
was maybe like was penetrating with her tongue where it wouldn't go in so far as to cause the way interior damage. And I know it's hard to hear, but I mean, that, that was just one idea. I'm not saying that's what happened, right? Because it really, just wait and see. But the side so knew we had, I had a shit hot case and I knew somebody hurt this little sweet baby and we had to find out. Now, I was telling Jennifer, I said, you know, I don't know how the hell you're going to do this one. I've seen you pull some rabbits out the hat before, sister, uh, but this baby can't talk. And I told her the best, you know, what I knew about it and uh, or the limitations or whatever. And about her not developing speech-wise. And, and she was like, hmm. And, and she was super, super intelligent and so good at what she did. And... She's like, well, you know, she said, what we're going to do. We're, we're, she said, I'm just going to do what I do, right? And and we we will see what we can get. Now, let me define the rest of the CASA office. The CASA stands for Child Advocacy Center, C-A, C-A whatever it is. But the right, I and mean, it's a very tiny, tiny, small office. When you walk past where Jennifer's desk was, immediately on the right is a door that opens up, and that's the little playroom and the interview room. And there's hidden cameras, or there's cameras all around the room, and there's microphones, and it's wired up, and they have like a beanbag chair, and they have like a little plastic kitty tables with coloring books on it, you know, with the kitty seats where the small kids can sit down. They have a bigger chairs, uh, one for the interviewer, and they have different size chairs, y'all. They, they, would, they would interview anybody from pretty much birth all the way until uh, up to 17 years old. And I've done them all. Uh, so the, and you, you never know what you're going to find out in there either. But so anyway, lots of toys and stuff like that. It was a brightly uh, lit room and the walls were like a yellow or whatever. And I mean, it's just a comforting, I guess, um, I guess there was a lot of science that went into the interview, right? right? Whatever. So you pass that up, and then immediately uh, there's like another little opening area, like a little cubby hole, but there's another door, and that's where I would go. And I go in this door, and there's a, a couch that faces, that when you walk through the door, the couch is facing you, and you go in, and you shut the door, and there's a TV monitor right there you sit on the couch the tv monitors in front of you and it's on and it shows that room also i had a radio two-way radio and an earpiece okay which gave me direct communication with the interviewer so that way if in the middle of the interview i thought of something evidence-wise or whatever and and i could ask the interviewer the question and, you know, a lot of times we'd say stupid stuff or whatever, especially if it turned out to be a no-go no case, meaning that not, nothing happened or whatever, and we might make light, might cut a joke or something, right, to make try to make the interviewer laugh. But, you know, anyway, the but is oftentimes very important that we had that communication. Now, the interviewer didn't have a hand mic to talk back. They talked back without doing so directly, they talk back, and, and I could hear it through the microphone system. So anyway, I would go in the back, and so as to not make the kids nervous, especially on older kids, but they knew that law enforcement was going to be monitoring it. The family shows up, and the interviewer would take taken or took the baby into the room, lets them start playing, and goes out and talks to the parents, and they sign forms, and 
she explains to them that they're trained and, and to find out something happened or didn't happen without asking leading questions and that, you know, they can't come into the room, that being the parents. Look, hell, hell we had cases where the parents that brought them were the ones that raped them, right? So, and then they have to wait outside and she'll come get them, what have you. And look, some of these would go 20 minutes. Some of them would go five hours. I mean, it just depended on the kid in the case. And so that happened. They bring in the little girl in and she, um, Jennifer was going through all her stuff with the mom and the grandmother. And then she sent them out and then she comes in and I can, I can hear that door shutting in my mind's eye, I guess you would say. She comes in and she shuts the door and she sits down and, and a little girl is, is scribbling in a coloring book and, and she kind of goes over and sits on that little bitty tiny chair by her, uh, across from where she's scribbling. And she's like, oh, that's nice. And, you know, she like played with her a little bit. And then she's like, hey, you know, my name is Jennifer. And what's your name? And of course the girl couldn't say it. And the girl like looked at her and she said, well, do you want to sit here? Do you want to sit over here in these chairs? And, and the little girl kind of, you know, got up and, and went to, uh, another chair, I guess you call it a beanbag chair, and, and sat down, was looking at Jennifer, and, and Jennifer starts her spill, and which was, you know, she said, hey, and do you know um, why you're here today? And the baby shook her head, uh, uh, no, and then it was kind of bouncing and moving around like babies do, right? She said, well, my name is, is Jennifer, and I talk to kids of all different ages. They come here, and I find out it may be something happened to them or didn't happen to them. And that kind of caught the, the baby's attention for a second. She looked at her and she kind of looked away and she was doing this back and forth motion again. And she said, she said, first she said, I want you to know you're safe here and you can tell me or we can talk about anything that you want to talk about. And, and it doesn't matter what it is, you're safe and we can use any words we need to use. I mean, it's just... This is the same spiel they give every single one of them, depending, it may be aged down, if you will, for this one, right? But they basically, they introduce who they are, and they say they're there to, they don't say interview kids, we're there, we're talking to, to children, and um, sometimes these children have had things that happened to them, sometimes they, you know, it hadn't, but, but their job was to find out if something had happened to them to talk to the child and find out what it was and that the child was safe and nobody could bother them in any kind of way. And, and then they started in on the question and stuff. Well, I, of course, she asked, do you know why you're here today? And the child didn't respond. And then they started in with questions. She said, you know, the baby's name said, do you know what it is to tell the truth for a lie? And the baby stopped going back and forth for a second, looks at her, and then she keeps moving. And, and I mean, it's kind of like skipping rocks off the lake, right? She, she's making contact, but it, and, and the rock isn't sinking for a little bit. It's skipping away. And she said, well, the you know, to um, if I told you the walls in this room were, were bright red, and would that be the truth or a lie? And the baby stopped, and she looks at the walls, and she... she their head like no and she starts bouncing around a little bit again and and she said 
and they weren't, they're not bright red, are they? And the baby shook her head no without looking at her. And she said, and that's because they're yellow, right? And the baby said, did her, shook her head yes. And she said, so if I told you these walls were red, then I would be telling a lie. And, and the baby, believe it or not, actually shook her head yeah, but she was doing more bouncing around. She said, okay. She said, so you know the difference between telling the truth and a lie? And the baby didn't respond. And she said, well, today I want you to only tell me the truth. When I ask you questions, I want you to only tell me the truth. And I don't, I don't want you to lie to me about anything. And you're not going to get in trouble for anything. And you can tell me anything that you want to, and et cetera, et cetera. And so maybe really wasn't responding to much of it and but to get to the nuts and the bolts of it right she she says well in the baby's name she said she said did did anything happen to you and and the baby stopped and looked at her and she starts bouncing around again she said did can did, can you tell me why you're here she said can can you draw me a picture maybe of why you're here and the baby stops and looks at her for a second and she starts bouncing around again and you know, just, I'm kind of paraphrasing y'all, but she's really, really working around the edges of it, but she can't be leading. And then um, she said, she said, have you, have you been to the doctor recently? And, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. And just hit it like this, right? And the base kind of stopped and looked at her and she nodded her head once and, and she's bouncing a little bit again. And she said, do you know why you went to the doctor? And the baby grabbed her her crotch and she said said okay and she, um she took out a, a diagram it's a diagram of the human body and she said can you circle on here why why it is that you went to the doctor and the baby took a crayon and drew around her private area just um you know not a perfect circle or anything but just made a mark around the private area she said okay so you went to the doctor because something happened to your private area and the baby kind of is ignoring her again. And she said, she said, do you, do you know what happened to your private area? And the baby stopped and looked at her. And then she didn't say yes or no or, or, or you know, affirmative with her head or whatever. She looks at her and she looks back away. And she said, do you, she said, do you know who did something to your private area? And I'm thinking the baby's just going to keep bouncing. I mean, certainly she can't communicate. But let me tell you what she did. The baby stops and looks at her, and she takes her arm. Now, I'm doing mine. You curl it up. I would call it like the swan. You, know, you, you, you pick your arm up. Um, you extend your arm out, the elbow almost perpendicular away from you, and your, your forearm's going straight up, like if you're going to do a karate chop, right? But, the, uh, but when you get your hand to the top, you curl it over like a hook, right? But it, to me, I'm doing mine now, and I guess I should have named it Duck or something like that. But the baby did that shit, and, and this, this, this is a two-and-a-half-year-old that can't communicate. I'm like, what the hell is she doing? And and, and Jim's like, she said, okay. So can, she said, can you, can you tell me what that means? And the baby just did it again, like did it like that. And and she stuck, she put her arm down. She starts playing. And I'm like, and into the mic. I'm like, holy shit! What do you 
you know, what do you think? And and she so she sat there for a second. She was like, okay, but, you know, you went to the doctor because something happened to this area, and she showed a picture that you circled, and, and the baby shook her head yes. And she said, and I asked you, um, do you know who or what happened to that area? And 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 the baby shook her head yes. And she said, and what was it? And the baby immediately puts her arm back out, the forearm straight up, and the hands curled over. I've been looking at it now. It looks like a duck face, right? But it's still, it's a hook. And she did that to Jennifer. And, and I was like, what the fuck? And in she said, okay, so she said, this is what, what made you go to, to the doctor? And the baby didn't confirm or deny it. She just did her arm. She lifted her arm a little bit higher and bit, that hand's bent over like a hook. And, y'all, if the microphone sounds distorted, it's because I'm doing it right now to myself. And she did it like that, like a hook. And uh, and, and I just, I didn't get it, right? And, and, and she went to ask her again. The baby put her hand down, and she's, and I was like, what do you do? I'm talking to the microphone. I said, what are you, what are you going to do now, right? I mean, you're a champion, but, I mean, all odds are against you here, and I need some shit to go on. So she she kept trying to edge around that without being leading, and and but the baby lost interest. I mean, she just she wasn't going to say anymore. The uh, one of the things she did ask her was that she said that you know she said the the arm motion you did does it have a name? And the baby didn't respond. Uh, Meaning, does it have a human name? Or I mean, she asked her numerous questions around that, genius questions, but it wasn't sticking, or the baby wasn't responding. And I think we were very, very lucky to have gotten that much out of her. The one thing she was was consistent. When she, at that age, with whatever challenges she faced verbally, she knew that she went to the doctor and. She had injuries to her vagina because of the hook. All right? Now, what does it mean? I don't know. So at some point, uh, they conclude the interview, and uh, Jennifer brings the grandmother and, and the mom back in, and, and then we send the, the baby out with the grandmother, and told the mom what happened. And the mom was like, what is that? I don't understand what that is. And, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I said, I don't either. I said, but I can tell you one thing. I'm damn sure going to find out. And I said, so we're just getting started. And, y'all, I'm going to wrap it up for this week. Next week I should be able I, – I, I promise you I'll conclude it next week, a, a two-parter. But, you know, people say, why do you do these three and four parts? Well, guess what? This story can't be told in an hour and not be told correctly. So tune in next week for hopefully the conclusion of Hook. And we'll leave it right there. So I appreciate y'all listening. Thank you so much. And, you know, lots of announcements as usual. Courtney Coco, we, we sit here and wait. And I was in Rapids Parish last week. I know the courthouse is open. I was in court several days. And 
I don't know about the grand juries, y'all. I think that it takes some time to get that up up and running with the subpoenas and all that. But I told you that last week. But the um, So we'll get justice for Courtney. As always, we're waiting, and we're not going to wait much longer. Ms. Barbara Blunt's case, the please continue to call on your tips. The, I, I've been in contact with family members as recently as this week. The... Uh, sheriff's offices recently as this morning we're proceeding not full-fledged yet because we're still under some covid restrictions but don't y'all the only reason i say it every week is because i get tips every week and when i say this i'm gonna continue i'll say it till i die or miss barber's case is solved please call on your tips if i do not get back to you there's probably a reason for it and in but i will or somebody, we will be reaching out to you at some point. We're going to cover every single response that we've gotten. And a lot of y'all send us some really great tips, so thank you. All the podcast stuff, y'all subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. That way, when we drop a new episode, and we're going to be dropping a lot of stuff this week, actually. When we drop a new episode, you'll get the alert so you're not sitting there wondering when it's coming out. It's really easy. It's free. Wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to it. And as soon as we put it out, you'll get an alert saying Real Life Real Crime just dropped hook or whatever it may be. Uh, so subscribe. If you get a chance, go leave me a review wherever you listen to it. I'd appreciate that. And thank you all. Those of you all who have done it, I appreciate that. We are on all the social media, Instagram, um, at Real Life Real Crime, at Overton Woody, y'all check those out. I put on stuff on there that a lot of it doesn't have anything to do with true crime. Some of it's funny. And oh, the new one, Discord, Discord, y'all. That's an app that we have for open container uh, Patreon members and above. And I, I try to get on there every day, first thing in the morning, to say hello. And then the, the, it's really cool when I was out of town, especially, and they, you know, we called it Happy Hour with Woody. And we were able to video chat, uh, all, you know, people from all over the world and, and best lifers ever, right? Y'all know who you are. And and but all day long, uh, they can text. It's a, a text chat, which is unlimited, and you know we can voice chat. I think up to two hundred something people. The video is limited to twenty five people, but you talk about cool getting to hang out with them, and then we talk about everything from animals to dogs, and you send pictures back and forth or whatever to to the price of eggs in China. But the cool thing is, it's another way lifers. And Patreon members get to interact with each other. And then when I'm in there, it's always uh, super cool for me. And then most of it's not about true crime. It's just us hanging out and being friends. So thank you all uh, to those of you who use it. Discord, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And the funny thing is, is my kids had to teach me how to use it. So the Discord and then, of course, our Real Life Real Crime Friends Fans and Crew page is over 32,200 or 300 now, I think. And continues to grow, y'all. You know, continue to invite people and share, and I appreciate that. But it is a private group, and you have to answer some questions to get in because it's not for everybody. Heed my warning, right? You, then most people will get really freaking offended at, <laughs> if they join this group by accident because it's a lot of true crime jokes and stuff, a lot, a lot of funny stuff, a lot of serious stuff. But if you like real life, real crime, go join it. Um, on 
Facebook. Uh, you know, we have the regular Real Life Real Crime page. We have the uh, Real Life Real Crime Lanyap page, y'all. You can go there. That is a private group, but it's for our lifers who want to post anything that's not true crime related or if they have someone missing or something like that. Uh, you can go, or you're selling something. Whatever you put, you go in there and post whatever you want to, as long as it's not offensive. Not offensive, as long as it, it's not hate or or some bullshit like that, right? We have Twitter. I don't know anything about it. The I told you Instagram, Facebooks, and anyway, we're gonna start putting up some TikTok videos. Uh, also, we, I think the first one we did was last night. But that's it. I'm not gonna take a whole lot more of your time. Crew bash. I fully expect by the end of this week, by the time regular lifers hear this, that we are going to have an announcement about the crew bash show, and it may have some changes, y'all. May uh, we may, if it goes through the way uh, we're hoping, it'll, it'll be a big change from what I've already said. But that being said, stay tuned. You're going to hear about it, and I love and appreciate all y'all. Uh, anyway, I just. Love you and appreciate you. Thank you so much. I hope everybody's doing well. Let's get, get past this COVID. And again, on the series, I'm going to tell my stories the way I want to tell them. If you don't fucking like it, if you don't like one, two, three, and four parters, and, and you know, don't listen, okay? So I gave you forewarning that this one was, was more than one part, all right? So uh, I will wrap it up on that and quit talking about all that stuff. But I do want to tell y'all that April, the month of April, is Organ Donation Awareness Month, y'all. And y'all know my passion is LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. The week of April 12th through the 16th is Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency Spirit Week. April 16th is National Blue and Green Day. The Governor's Mansion and the Smoothie King Center, et cetera, are going to be lit up in blue and green. That's the colors, y'all, for LOPA. So uh, I'm going to, after, and it's a really, really good story, after I get done with Hook, I'm going to do a LOPA episode. It's an actual homicide, double homicide, the one, the first one I'm going to do. But the great thing about it was the victims, uh, the homicide, I'll tell you about the cases. The cases are tragic, but the victims organs they were organ donors and they went on to save lives so be a hero give the gift of life and if you are in let me look at them out if you're in turkey you're one of those i'm sure we have a thousand <laughs> joke we're in 160 some countries y'all but if you're in turkey and you're listening and you want to join LOPA, go to LOPA.org, and it takes about a minute. Fill out to be an organ donor, okay? Be a hero. It doesn't matter where you're at in the world. Give the gift of life or sight, and we appreciate y'all. And again, local advertisers, thank y'all, and you're, you're going to hear a lot of it coming up. You know, uh, we Not at the local, small businesses. It, and we do it for the national chains every week. Let us do it for you. And, uh, but LOPA, be the hero, give the gift of life, and I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Oh, 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 oh. Get
Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Template.